Good morning. Let's all stand together and worship. worship our King. Come let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great
come into the presence of the creative God and know that you love us, <laughs> that you busy yourself with our every step, you care about the ups and downs of our lives, and you carry us through. Father, we just honor you this morning. In Jesus' name.
today in uh, in response to what you've done Jesus what you've sacrificed for us you paid the ultimate price so that we can walk in freedom and joy and peace and so that we can approach your throne without hesitation Jesus you give yourself to us over and over and over again Lord and so I just pray that each heart would be encouraged this morning that each heart would be challenged this morning where we need to be challenged. And Lord, I just pray that we would, uh, as a church, glorify your name this morning, God, because that's the greatest act that we can do in response to what you've done, Lord. So uh, we bring our hearts, we bring our minds, we bring our attention to you this morning, and we're so grateful for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, you can take your seats if you'd like. A beautiful time of worship. Um, my name is Curtis. I just want to welcome you all here today. If you have not been here before, if this is your first time, uh, we've got coffee and tea out on the patio and restrooms down these hallways here. Um, so you can uh, find your way there if you need it. And um, also, if you're new here, we have communication cards in the seat backs in front of you. So they're, they're double-sided. There's notes and communication cards. So if you'll take that communication card, uh, and fill it out with your information. We'd love to reach out to you, get to know you, and uh, connect with you in that way. So please do that if you're new. Um, or if we have outdated information, you can do that as well. Also, we had a Bunko for Babies event um, this last week, and it was incredible. It was an awesome time. The ladies showed up, and uh, they were super generous. We have a gift, or we have a photo of all the gifts. Um, they brought all these uh, to donate to Lifeline Pregnancy Center. And uh, so hopefully that'll be a huge blessing to the community and those who have unplanned pregnancies. Um, and then also uh, we have a child dedication Sunday coming up. So if you're a parent and you want to dedicate yourself to raising your child in the faith, then uh, you can do that October 23rd. But let us know. Uh, go sign up at the Info Center and we'd love to get you signed up for that. Um, the last thing is that we've got a, a Halloween outreach happening here at the church. If you haven't heard about it, basically thousands of kids are going to be coming down this, this street right in front of our building. And we want to be able to bless them and load them up with candy um, and just love on them. So we're going to be opening our doors. We're going to have a carnival in here, a free carnival for the kids. Um, it's going to be really sweet. So if you'd like, you can uh, get involved in two ways. You can bring candy, donate candy for us to give out. And then you can also sign up to serve at this event. Um, it's going to be really great. So we encourage you to do that. Um, and then after, so after this, right at the minute mingle, the youth are going to be dismissed. But first we're going to bring up Jeremy, uh, Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Steve, and the elders. And uh, we're gonna, we got a little something for you. So, yeah. 
Hey, good morning. So as you know, this is uh, Pastor Appreciation Sunday, and so we're here to uh, pray for our pastors. But first, I want to give a little bit of uh, introduction, uh, a little bit of, not introduction, but their background. 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 So you probably already know Steve and Jeremy. So I don't need to introduce them, but <clears throat> Steve started serving in church when he was a teenager, and then by 17, uh, God told him that uh, he wanted him to be a pastor. So after he finished high school, he went to numerous Bible colleges <laughs> and, uh, and has a master's in pastor, pastoral leadership. And so that was uh, his beginning into ministering. Uh, he served as a youth pastor. He served as in street ministry, and homeless ministry. He was a chaplain for the county jail. Um, he's Sunday school teacher, uh, worship on the worship team, and all that. And, and youth, I, youth I, pastor. I know. Worship, that's probably. Mike was off, I'm sure of it. <laughs> youth pastor and then associate pastor. Oh, yeah. And then uh, God spoke to him again and said, you know, you need to go plant a church. Steve didn't know how to plant a church, but he was following God's direction. And so out to Lopez we went. This is when I got involved with uh, Pastor Steve about 20 years ago. And what we've been doing as a church following Steve's leadership is we first moved from Lopez then to the West Campus, the sanctuary, which is now the chapel. And then we started acquiring more and more buildings. We were renting them all. And then finally, it came up for purchase. And so we decided to purchase. Now, the thing is, following Steve's leadership, it's, it's always, do, can we do this? <laughs> and, and the answer is no by ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But with God, we can do these things. And so our budget increased every year. Every year when we do the budget, do we want to put this much extra in? And we go, well, God's always been faithful to meet our budget. So maybe we ought to set it like, no. <laughs> but Steve also is uh, the pastor of uh, the area pastors meet once a month for a, a praying and leadership and lunch. And, and Steve's involved in that. He actually runs that, heads that up. And so... I just want to say that it's been a blessing for Becky and me to serve along with Pastor Steve. He's my friend. Um, he's, uh, I look up to him. He's my pastor. And uh, I'm just so grateful, so thoughtful. And, and so we're looking for another 20 years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> or more. Or more. <laughs> As long as, as until Jesus comes back. <laughs> so, Pastor Jeremy. Pastor Jeremy, a little known fact, he was born in China. I uh, lived there th for all of one year. One year. So he's not fluent in Mandarin. So uh, after Jeremy and his family, he, he was born in China because his parents were missionaries. They were serving there. And after a year, they came back to the States, and Jeremy did the 
high school thing, and he and he went to UCSB. Yeah, yeah, straight to high school, yeah. Gra graduated UCSB. He's a brilliant man. He didn't have to mess around with grade school and yeah, just high school. But then about four years ago, Jeremy was working in construction, and him and his family started <coughs> attending Harvest. And a little bit later than that, we were in the need for a youth pastor. And so Jeremy came to mind. So we, we interviewed Jeremy, and I got to know his heart and his passion for, for the youth. And I thought, okay, we need to hire this guy. <laughs> there was no doubt in my mind that, uh, that we needed him. So we offered him a job, and, and uh, he accepted, thankfully. And so now Jeremy's he's doing the youth um, Wednesday night meetings. Um, and teaching youth on Sunday mornings, high, junior high and high school. And that's why there's so many n not empty seats now because of the, Jeremy hasn't taken all the youth away. And so those of you that are sitting or standing and waiting for a seat, you'll, you'll find a seat pretty soon. So he's, uh, he's been thank serving uh, graciously, humbly, thankfully, uh, and is such a tremendous influence on our youth. And uh, it's, it's good for me. And I, and I love seeing this. Uh, I'm also, many of you know, I'm a teacher. I teach at high school level. And so we kind of have the same goal in mind because the youth is our, it's the next generation that we're raising up. And if, if we don't raise up the, the youth, then things are going to go downhill, and we don't want that. So we're, we're grateful for Jeremy, and I'm glad that he came on board. He's a team player and uh, an asset to harvest, and we love you so much. Why do you have a sticker on? Why do you have a stick? <laughs> uh, Neil and Jim, if you could go uh, grab your whatever it is. Uh, a way of honoring our pastors, throwing our appreciation from the children's ministry, the kids' ministry, uh, grades first, second, third, and fourth have created something that I would like to narrate, which will be their way of honoring. This one over here is, is honoring Pastor Steve. That's why I have the stick. If anyone gets out of line, I have a stick, and this will be honoring Jeremy. And so I'm going to start right over here. All right, I'm just going to read it to you. Hopefully you can see what we got going on here. So again, Pastor Steve, this is for you, heartfelt from the children. Our pastor is a rock star and a sweet tart for everything he does. We wanted to take five to thank you. He is always there to pick up the pieces. <laughs> he makes us snicker and chuckle at his jokes, which he happens to buy from the children, by the way. <laughs> he deserves a hundred grand every payday. Jim, we gotta raise the budget. <laughs> You are M&M's, which means mighty manager of our church. 
A little higher, please, Neil. Thank you. <laughs> you have made mounds of difference in our lives as we journey down the rocky road of life. And a lifesaver for many, you will be in our hearts now and now and later. <laughs> now and later. Thank you, Neil. All right, tell you what, let me stand right over here for this one. Okay, Pastor Jeremy, heartfelt from the children. You ready? Okay. You are truly Mr. Goodbar. You are such a, a sweet tart and go the extra mile for our youth. You bring so much, it says almond joy, joy to so many. You are M&M's, which means mega mellow man. You give us airheads, you give us airheads, <laughs> advice and guidance, and a lifesaver when it comes to helping our youth over the rocky road of life. You always make sure we have donuts. You are a rock star with youth. A little higher there, Jim, thank you. <laughs> you are a rock star, youth minister, and <laughs> A, a outrageous baptizer. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> Big kisses to you for all you do for our church. We love you to pieces. So what we'd like to do now for, for uh, Steve and Jeremy is we'd just like to pray for them. And so we would ask you to you know, pray along with us, agree with us. Um, Neil, we're going to start with you. All right, good morning. Um, just so, uh, so glad I said in first service, uh, and I'll say it again, that these men said yes to serving. And um, also just want to share a little story. Uh, got to church early this morning um, to prepare for this. And uh, Jeremy was out in the parking lot with a little broom sweeping up cigarette butts that were out in the parking lot. So I just, I just uh, it just illustrates um, the preparation that goes into this morning. Um, you know, that last song we sang, you know, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. You just, you just need to know that, that that happened in prayer before we all met this morning. That happened with the worship team um, back in the green room this morning before we all gathered. Um, that you really are prayed in every day. You really are looked after in a special way. And these two men lead the way. And it's just an honor to serve with you guys. Father God, we ask your blessing, Lord, on their sacrifice of service. Lord, on their family's sacrifice of service. Father, we pray your wisdom and grace and your Holy Spirit would fall in a powerful way, Lord God, all the days of their lives, Lord, instructing and motivating for them to reach and teach um, all of us, Lord God, to bring the word, Father God, to bring their wisdom and their insight, Lord God, and their willingness, Lord, just to say yes to you. I thank you and praise you, Father, and we ask in Jesus' name. You know, the Bible says, Jesus says that um, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the servant of all. He was a servant. He came to die. He came to lay down his life. And he said, and I will give you shepherds after my own heart. 
And truly, these men are shepherds after God's own heart. They care about you. They pray for you. They're there when you need them, if you want some counseling or prayer. And they study. They give hours in studying the word of God so that they don't miss giving you the whole counsel of God from cover to cover. These are mighty men in God's kingdom. He looks at them as his soldiers, as his servants, as his fellow heirs. And we honor them today. We bless them in Jesus' name. And we're so thankful that we don't have to worry when they open the word of God because we know they're going to teach it and not just talk about it. So let's just pray and and again give thanks for them. Father, we thank you for these men of God and Ron too, Lord, even though he's retired. And Lord, we thank you for all that they've done in this fellowship, all that they continue to do. We pray, God, that you would uh, continue to feed your flock through them. Raise up others who will be able to go out and do likewise. We commit this church into your hands, and we thank you for their faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Lord, uh, thank you so much for these men. I know I've said a lot about them and talked about their background, but what's most important is they follow you. They desire to be uh, your servant, Lord. And we, we thank you that they have a servant attitude. And uh, it's easy for us to follow them the way they uh, follow you. It's easy for us to follow Jesus just the same because they set a good example for us to follow. Thank you, Lord, for these two uh, men and Ron, who just recently retired, was our pastor here for a number of years. And we just honor Honor them today. We, we, we just thank you and praise you and um, give, you, give you all our love and devotion, Lord, and for these men. It's in your precious name. Amen. Amen. And Lord, we trust that you're going to fill both Steve and Jeremy afresh with the power of your spirit. Lord, without you, they, can do, they can't do anything, but it's through you, they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. Lord, we know we're all in a battle, but especially our leaders are in a battle, a spiritual battle. And we, we know we have an adversary. We'd love to take them down and take them out. But Lord, we pray for them. We lift them up to you to lift up their arms in the battle, to give them strength in the battle, encouragement, confidence, knowing, Lord, that all they are able to do really comes directly from you. So Lord, bless these two guys. Bless these men. Uh, I pray for their families, for their marriage, that their, their marriages would continue to grow stronger and stronger, and their children would be blessed. Pour out your spirit upon their families, we pray. We commit these two godly men to you, and we thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. All right, yeah. Uh, There's one more thing we want to do before we let Steve preach, and uh, what it is is actually one of the most wonderful things that we get to do as a church body, and that is we're going to set apart, pray for, and ordain another pastor for Harvest Church, and so Curtis, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and come on up here. 
Hi, Clark. Yeah, go ahead and stand right in the middle there. So we're, we're going to talk about, about you just a little bit. So personally, I've known Curtis since I think he was about five years old. He uh, went to school with one, one of our kids as well. And, and most everybody on the stage here has known Curtis for a long, long time. Uh, this is Clark, uh, Curtis's wife. We haven't known you quite as long. But she, she uh, hails from Alabama. Got that right? Go, go Crimson Tide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've been meeting with Curtis for, for a number of years. And we've been trying to determine a, a few things. But one is uh, a pastor's role is not like any other career pursuit. It's a calling. And so what we did in our meetings with Curtis is we want to affirm the calling that's upon his life. And part of that com comes with um, you know, really difficult questions and really uh, giving him a, you know, a, a run through to make sure that... Um, you know, that he's prepared and equipped. There's no perfect pastor. You guys know that, right? But God calls a man and equips the man to do the work of a shepherd. And we have multiple pastors because we, we want to shepherd the body of Christ here at Harvest Church really well. So I want to read a scripture to you, Curtis, that you know very well. It's from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So again, by definition, the role of a pastor, the job of a pastor is to be a shepherd. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about us being sheep, right? And, and that's not really a compliment, I don't think, that we're called sheep uh, by God. But Sheep need shepherds. Now, Jesus is the chief shepherd. We, we know that. We understand that. But he's appointed shepherds that we can relate to. And again, as I said, you know, none of these men up here are perfect men. We all deal with the same things that, that hum, humans deal with. Uh, but God has still chosen to, to use men to, uh, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So being a pastor, is, is, as I said earlier, it's not a career path that you would choose. It is simply a calling that is upon your life. And as, as uh, we've seen Curtis on this journey, again, we, we want to affirm you, Curtis, that God's call is upon your life. And by him being up here, for all of us that know Curtis, this shouldn't be a surprise. This should be like, well, of course... Curtis is being set apart for the work of the ministry because he's been doing it all along and we see God's hand upon your life. And so we're just in agreement with what he's doing. Curtis simply said yes. He said yes to God's calling upon his life. And so with that, some of Curtis's qualifications in addition to, if you want to read through 1 Timothy chapter 3, there's kind of a list of qualifications there for church leaders. But in addition to that, Curtis's qualifications are as follows. He attended Bible college in New Zealand for a year to study ministry. He completed a master's degree in pastoral leadership. He has served on the Harvest staff team in various areas for the past seven years. And he started out doing, these were his original jobs, he did landscaping, cleaning, and facility maintenance. So one of the ways if we determine if somebody actually has a shepherd's heart, a servant's heart, and they'll say, hey, I want to do ministry at Harvest Church. We say, well, you know, we've got some bathrooms that need to get cleaned. And we've got some you know, stuff to do on the property. And it, and it shows a, a lot about a person in your heart in particular, Curtis, because you've been eager to do anything and everything that you've been asked to do unto the Lord. And so we want to affirm that again. 
And also, Curtis is currently serving Harvest Church in these following areas. He leads our young professionals group. He's in charge of our facility maintenance team. So apparently, you're never going to get away from that one, Curtis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he also leads our welcome team, which is greeters and the info center here at church. Um, maybe most importantly, he leads our coffee team. Okay, pretty, yes. He, he oversees our missions, and so these would be, he, he's our primary contact for our missions effort uh, locally and throughout the world. Uh, he's over our marketing and branding. What does that mean? Well, he's over the website the app, and all the kind of digital media stuff that goes out there every week. So in the future, Curtis will be taking on more responsibilities in the area mainly of pastoral leadership. We're talking about teaching, counseling, uh, shepherding, and basically, you know, caring for God's people. And so we're going to lay hands on Curtis right now in, in the scripture. That's what we see is the model is as, uh, for example, the Apostle Paul, when he would plant a church in a new community, and it would get established, he would raise up leaders for that local church, and they would lay hands on the leaders and basically set them apart for the work that God is calling them to do. So we ask that you would agree with us as we pray for Curtis, and we ask that you would encourage him, that you would support him um, in the work that God is calling him to do. So we're going to pray for Curtis right now. And uh, Neil, I'm going to have you go, go ahead and start. Heavenly Father, I lift Curtis and Clark up to you, Lord God, and thank you, Father, that they've said yes, Lord God. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice, Lord, that they know they're going to make along the way, Father God, and your word says your grace is always sufficient, Father God. It underpins everything, Lord. Father, I'm just, I'm blessed to lead with this man and to be led by this man, Lord God, and we thank you and praise you, Father, and just pray your Holy Spirit would empower every day, Lord God, there would be grace every day, Lord, abundantly applied, Lord, in his marriage, with his kids, Lord God, in his ministry here, Father, we thank you and praise you. We ask in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Father, I just thank you also that I have had the privilege of seeing Curtis grow up from a little boy to a, a, a man of God. He's following in his father's footsteps, Lord. And you've called him. You told him, I want you to be my servant. I want you to be a pastor. And Lord, we thank you for giving him Clark, a godly woman, Lord, as I've seen so far. And I know, God, that she loves him dearly, and she wants to walk beside him every step of the way, whatever you call him to. We pray, Father, that you would just continue to add to his ministry, enlarge his borders, just use him. And both of them, Lord, in a mighty way, reaching the generation that they're from, as well as younger, younger kids, Lord. And we pray, God, that you would continue to give them a hunger and a thirst for your word and power in their lives, Lord, as they watch you make them the man and woman you want them to be and use in your kingdom. We commit them into your hands, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for the character that you've developed and built up in, in Curtis uh, through the good times, through the struggles and the hard times, Lord. Thank you that that character is, is how you laid upon your calling upon his life, Lord, that he responded and said yes to the calling of, of, 
of uh, stepping into church ministry, Lord. And he, and he said yes in a number of different ways. He said yes by mowing lawns, by uh, by cleaning toilets, by doing all those things just under and, and out of sight of everyone else, Lord. And he did that because he was doing it unto you, Lord. So thank you for the for him saying yes to the calling, Lord. And and thank you, Lord, for the com- the chemistry that Harvest Church staff has, Lord, and how we work together as a team to 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 carry forth your mission and your vision for Harvest Church in our community as well as in around the world, Lord. So thank you that that all, all th- those three things there, Lord, are, are there in Curtis, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, what a blessing it is to lift up Curtis and Clark today. This is a special day for him. Lord, I've witnessed Curtis grow physically um, academically and spiritually over this last 20 years or so. But what's most important is, is his maturity in, in spiritually. Lord, we see his desire to honor and follow you. We thank you for the, the uh, servant's heart that he's given Curtis. Thank you for the, his <clears throat> being ready and willing and able to do what you want him to do, Lord, because he's following your call. Lord, we see a humble spirit in Curtis. Pray that we continue to uh, see that as they grow and mature in their uh, marriage, in raising kids, in everything that uh, this life has to offer Curtis, but mostly keep his eyes focused on you, Lord. That's the most important. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we know that every pastor feels inadequate in one way or another. But Lord, thank you that you have said that whom you call, you also equip. So Lord, in the areas where Curtis might feel inadequate or unqualified, Lord, I pray that you would build him up, that you would uh, speak to him, that you would work through him. Holy Spirit, that you would not only enable him, but empower him to do things that are way beyond what he thinks his normal scope of ability is. And so, Lord, we, we just uh, pray for the two of them in particular. They are one flesh. They're walking this journey uh, together. So, Lord, uh, as these other men of God have prayed, I agree, Lord, that you would use these two and uh, specifically to just strengthen the body of Christ here at Harvest Church, encourage us, uh, use him as your instrument to take us, you know, to the next level, and that he would have um, certainly a key influence on the young people of our church. Thank you. And so, Lord, we just, again, we just affirm and and agree with the calling that is upon Curtis's life. Bless him and use him for your glory. Glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this amazing couple. I'm so blessed to have watched Curtis grow up as his dad. And uh, so grateful for the blessing of Clarkie in his life and his sweet son, Emerson. Lord, we just bless them his family, his calling, their calling upon their lives, Lord God, that they would just trust you all the days of their lives, Lord God. God, they would just, there would just be a humility that marks their life, an integrity, godliness, faithfulness. So Lord, bless them, we pray, Lord. We love them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. All righty. Go over here. Love you. Love you. Hmm. Oops, sorry. Ah, thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gary. As these guys make their way off the platform, 
Um, thank you so much for honoring us today. Um, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, it takes so many people to do what we do. And so I just wanted to talk about our elders just for a moment here. Um, so Jim, as he said, he's been with us. Uh, well, he came, he didn't come the very first day of the church plant. He said he wanted to see if it would make it. And so he made it, he came the second week and uh, he's been with us ever since, ever since. And so he's just been a faithful, faithful man, just a brother, a friend, just an incredible uh, encourager and faith man, uh, faith-filled man. Gary Tucker was my youth pastor in junior high school. I talk about him a lot. He's just, was in my life during my formative years. And uh, he came to the church in the early, early, I think first year. And um, it's just been such a huge blessing. Neil, Neil has been an incredible addition to our team. I think it's been five, six, seven years. It's been a while now, and uh, he's just been incredible. Um, just a man of integrity, <laughs> a man of great wisdom and wit, and uh, it just, it's just been a great, great friend over the years as well. And then, of course, Pastor Ron D., who just retired this year. Uh, we honor him. He's, he came on the team and joined our staff team about 15 years ago in a time when I really, really needed an associate and someone to just partner with me and with us. And so Ron's been on and off the elder team over the years, currently serving on. And uh, so I just want to say thank you to these guys. And apart from that, we've just got an incredible staff. So again, Jeremy, uh, so Jeremy been here three years and has been a rock star. He, uh, not just because he does what he does so well, but he's just a godly humble, hardworking, faithful guy. Whatever you ask him to do, he's on it. You don't have to even think about whether it's the job is going to get done. It just gets done. And so it's just an amazing, he's talked about just the, the, the synergy and just the closeness of our team. He's a big part of that. Who else do we have up there? We've got Curtis Henry again. So yeah, Curtis, Curtis asked me a number of years ago, he said, I feel called to the ministry. Should I go to another church to walk out my call. He, he didn't want to presume or assume anything. Um, he just wanted to do what was right. And I told him, absolutely not. <laughs> you got to stay here. And uh, it's such an honor. A lot of the staff members are family members. And it's just such an honor that I, I was thinking about the Folkrods up here leading worship, Jim Folkrod. I've known Jim since we were young. And uh, you got Violet and Levi and Jack all up here playing music. Those are all his kids that he taught how to do the, the work of the ministry. And um, so we're so grateful for that type of uh, heritage and dynamic that we get to experience within the church. And so we're getting to experience that here as well. Leslie, my youngest, she's 27 years old. She um, joined the kids' ministry team 10 years ago as an assistant. She actually has been teaching since we planted the church for 20 years. She's been a teacher or a teacher's helper. And then she was the children's ministry assistant, the director's assistant for five, six years. And then she went off to college, finished a, a psychology degree up in Northern California, came back. And at that point, Christy Suizo, who was the director, said, hey, I, I want to change positions within the team. And I said, well, who do you think would be a good fit for your job? And she said, without hesitation, she said, Leslie. And, uh, you know, I just said, hey, don't, don't just name Leslie because she's my daughter, but make sure she's the right person. And, and um, she's definitely the right person. She's amazing. Amanda Henry, my daughter-in-law. <laughs> 
She wasn't my daughter-in-law when she started coming to the church, but my son was wise. Stephen was super wise in snatching her up, and so they've been married now for the last eight months or so, and so she's the creative director. She spent five years in uh, Australia uh, learning, training to be uh, a worship leader, a songwriter, and then she came back. Uh, a number of years ago, continued the work of ministry um, just as a volunteer. She finished her psychology degree about a year or two ago, and uh, she's been on the team now for the last year and a half as our creative director. So, so thankful for Amanda. Who else do we have here? We have Tim Motter. Tim, I like that stash, dude. What happened? You, you shaved off the stash. Anyway, so... Tim Motter feels like he's part of the family. He's been with us for a few years now. And uh, Tim did training in New Zealand in the audio video world there at a large church and then came back and um, joined Harvest and began to volunteer and be a part of what we're doing and then finished his degree uh, just in this last year or two. And uh, so he's been an amazing part of the team. And uh, we're so, so grateful. Abby's sitting next to him. We'll talk about Abby. Abby's actually an intern right now working on her degree in film. And so she's working behind the scenes and putting stuff together and making us look really, really good. So thanks, Abby. Appreciate that very much. All right. Who else we have up there? Carson. What can we say about Carson? Where is she? Is she in here? Yeah. <laughs> Carson, what, raise your hand, Carson. Is she hiding? <laughs> Carson's amazing. So this is the story behind Carson. Carson was here um, during her high school years. Uh, her family moved out from Nebraska and they were attending church here. And, and she was super impacted by the youth ministry here at Harvest Church. And then she went off to Grand Canyon University and finished a degree in entrepreneurship. And then she came back and she's here at church serving everywhere. And the team came to me and said, hey, we need to hire Carson. I said, well, what is Carson going to, why do we need to hire Carson? What, what is he going to do? And they just, everybody was like trying to convince me to hire Carson. So I said, do this, draw up her job description, draw up the number of hours that she'll work and what will pay her and to submit that to me. And then if it looks like we've got a position for her, then we'll interview her and go, you know, go through the whole process. Well, Carson's been a rock star. She's um, just amazing. She works with kids and youth as an assistant. She is the, the administrative genius behind all kids and youth stuff. And so we just love her. She's been a great part of the team. Who else? Who is that beautiful lady? <laughs> Jolene. So let's all sing that song to Jolene. <laughs> no? You guys know what song I'm talking about. Okay, never mind. Never mind. We're going to do that. So Jolene's... Uh, really does not like that her picture's up there. She really does not like to be up front at all. She'd rather serve behind the scenes. And so for 32 years, we've been married and been doing ministry together. And when we planted this church, she said, listen, I'll, I'll go along with this little plan here, <laughs> but I don't want to do the typical pastor wife thing, you know, like play piano and lead women's ministry and that sort of thing. And uh, I said, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. Just do what you're called to do. And so she's been doing that. Uh, she loves being behind the scenes. She's in the office administrating uh, everything that happens there, working just hand in hand with us every day and just doing an amazing job. So thank, thank you, Jolene. It's such a sweet thing to um, see what God will do um, in bringing the right team members to the church. And uh, you guys are all a part of that. It literally takes like hundreds of volunteers to minister to the people that come to Harvest Church. And so 
You guys are a part of that. And I want to just say thank you for all that you do to volunteer, to make everything happen that happens every week. There's a lot, a lot, a lot that happens. And if you'd like to be involved, we've got this flyer called Get Plugged In with Great Service Opportunities. So that's the front of the flyer. It's back on the Info Center. And on the back, there's just lots of opportunities listed. So if you'd like to be a part of what we do, uh, there's entry-level things all the way up to not-so-entry-level things. That, and uh, so we encourage you to check out the list, figure out what you want to do, sign up and be a part of it, and we'll be happy that you did. All right, with that, we're going to take about a 30-second break, and then I've got about 15 minutes, 15 minutes to do a sermon. So this will be my shortest sermon ever. So <laughs> go ahead and stand up, greet somebody, and then we'll reset for the sermon. Come on back. Come on back. We're going over our core values, those core values that the ministry of Harvest Church kind of rolls forward on. So the first one is committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The second one is confident in the Word of God. The third one is created to serve God and others. And the fourth one is called to love all people. So we're jumping right into number three. And uh, so really, we've kind of demonstrated what it means to be created to serve God and others. We just talked about all of the amazing ways in which people here are serving and just giving of their lives. And really, it's what we are created to do. We're created to serve God and others. Another, another, another way to say it is we are created for good works. My microphone sound, sounds really hot right now. Is it hot? Thanks, Steve. <laughs> we are created for good works. The Bible in the Old and the New Testament declared this to be true. Abraham declared his faith, demonstrated his faith in the good works that he accomplished. Rahab the prostitute demonstrated her faith by her works. Noah, we can go through and list all of the uh, patriarchs, the, the leaders in the Old Testament who demonstrated their faith with their works. They proved that their faith was real by the things that they did. In the New Testament, this is true. Mary, Martha, P 
Peter, Paul, John, Ringo, all of these guys, not Ringo, sorry, take that out. All of these people demonstrated their faith. Ringo, is anybody missed that joke? <laughs> Beatles, think the Beatles. Okay, never mind. We'll just let that one go. <laughs> the old people got it. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> All of these people demonstrated their faith by their good works. A good place to start your good works is at home. You thought I was going to say church, didn't you? It's actually better to get it figured out at home, and then out of that overflow of that, ex that joyful experience of serving, you get a chance to do it with others. So this guy, there's a story about this guy who, he just, he was fed up with his marriage, wanted to divorce his wife, and wanted to cause her as much pain as possible on his way out. And so he talked to a psychologist and this, he told the psychologist what he wanted to do. And so the psychologist said, okay, do this, go home and listen really, really well to your wife. Take her on romantic getaways, feed her breakfast in bed, write her love notes, read books with her, spend just a, 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 a lot of time just in quality, quality time with your wife. Do that for about two months, the psychologist said. And then at the end of two months, just pack up and go. She'll be devastated because of the change. And so the guy's like, ah, oh, this is, I'm gonna do it. It's exactly what I'm gonna do. So he, he did all of the things the psychologist told him to do, she treated, he treated his wife like a goddess and fed her breakfast in bed and brought her flowers and sent flowers for no particular reason. Took her on romantic weekends, read books with her, spent time with her and just did all of these amazing things. Well, at the end of two months, the psychologist calls the guy and says, hey, have you done it? Are you happily unmarried? Are you a bachelor again? Did you break it off with your wife? And he said, what are you, crazy? She's a goddess. She's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I can't imagine. This is the happiest I've ever been in my whole life. I thought, this is a great story, right? Like if we're struggling at home, we need to, instead of doing the opposite, the thing that we kind of feel like doing and kind of pulling away, shrinking back, getting quiet, what would happen if we just started serving each other? Like looking for ways. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Why, why shouldn't that start at home where we have the best opportunity to love on our spouse, to love on our families, to love on our kids, and then through all of that experience, get to see the beauty and the blessing of it, and to begin to do that with others that we come into contact with. It, it's a great recipe for just an amazing home life. If we will decide, I'm going to serve. Start with your spouse, serve them, love them, treat them like royalty and watch what God will do to turn things all around. Some of you are doubting. Just try it, right? And you can even tell your spouse, listen, we're gonna try this out. It's gonna seem a little pushed or unnatural, but let's just try it out. And so maybe you say, hey, let's just find one way, one way to serve each other. And then and they just surprise each other with that service. I, I promise you, I, I promise you, it'd be, it's gonna be so good for your marriage. Everything's gonna get better. Your, your communication will get better. Are there kids in the room? Your sex life is gonna get better. <laughs> I'm serious, like everything is gonna get better. 
if you just humble yourself and begin to serve the people in your life, beginning with your spouse, if you have one. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has given us purpose in the earth that we would be people who demonstrate the good works that God has created us for. So if you're a married person, those good works need to start at home. So don't be nice to everybody else, but not your spouse. Start there and out of the abundance of that experience, you will be able to love others and serve others. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. What is that day that the writer is talking about there? It's, he's talking about the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord's return. Uh, it's the last day of this present church age. It's the beginning of the newness that we'll enjoy all throughout eternity. It's the, it's the return of Christ from heaven where he will raise the dead, where he will hold the final judgment and perfect his kingdom. So we know that we're all, if you're in Christ, and well, if you're, even if you're not in Christ, we're all headed to that day. And so if we keep that in mind and realize that we're actually created for purpose to do good works, and if we keep that end part in mind, we'll actually be more encouraged and motivated to do what God has called us to do because at one point we will give an account for our lives and an answer for the way that we've spent our time. James 2, 14 through 17 says this, what, what good is it? My brothers, if Someone says he has faith, but does not have works. Can, can that faith save him? Can that kind of faith save him? In other words, the question is, is faith without works saving faith at all? Is faith apart from works, is that saving faith at all? If, if a person states that he or she believes all of the right doctrines, but they're life does not show obedience to Christ, what good is this type of faith? Well, the, the answer which is implied in the question is, well, it's not good faith at all. It's not real, genuine faith at all. Just like love without external work works is meaningless. It's like rain clouds that, that give no rain. There's a proverb that says, Proverbs 25, 14, like clouds and wind without rain is a, a man who boasts of a gift he does not give. It's like a promise without follow through. So, so is faith apart from works. It's actually worthless. <laughs> so what do good works look like? We can look in the Old and the New Testament and decide and figure out what good works look like. This is kind of what it looks like. It's what we are created to do. But back to James 2.15, it says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So it's a one-point message today. Point number one, our faith is meant to be evident in our daily lives. It, it's meant to be obvious to onlookers, people with, 
within our sphere of influence. Our faith is to be obvious to those who know us. Why? Because we are known for our good works. We're demonstrating our faith by our good works. I love Matthew chapter 25 because it helps us understand how everything is going to wrap up at the end of time. In my Bible, this is titled the final judgment. Let me just read it. It says this, but when the son of man, Jesus, when he comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats at his left. Then the king, Jesus, will say to those on his right, come, <laughs> come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you, you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you and the king, Jesus? This will be his response. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it, to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it unto me. And so we've got this amazing opportunity and responsibility to serve others. And in our serving others, we're actually serving God. We're doing what God has created us to do. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. This is what you are here for. You're here for good works to build up the kingdom, to let people know about Jesus and to serve in the kingdom work that God has called you to serve in. This is exactly why you're here in the earth. When God is done using you in this way in the earth, he will take you home. So if you're warming a seat and have a pulse, you've got purpose. So what is your purpose? What is your purpose? What has God called you to do? The verse goes on, the chapter goes on, verse 41, then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you... You didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when? When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer. I tell you the truth. When you refused, when you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. And the only difference between the sheep and the goats is what they did and didn't do. 
So we're saved by grace through faith. We prove that we've actually been saved by grace through faith in the way that we live our lives. We've got three orange trees on our property and they're all three planted and they're all three, these, there's an amazing, three different types of oranges. One's like little um, cuties and then a couple different types of oranges and they're just so good. So you go around and pick them up and eat them and just eating all kinds of beautiful stuff in the garden. You know, I've never actually seen those trees stressed out. Like I've never seen them like doing this. Trying to push out the fruit. It's like, they're never like. We planted a tree recently. What's it called? A cherimoya. I'll never get that. I'll never remember what that tree is called. It's a cherimoya tree. And we're, we planted it in another part of the garden and we've got it on drip system and good soil. It's planted where it needs to be with a little bit of shade, a little bit of sun. And that tree, because of where it's been planted, will just naturally produce fruit. In, in time, it will naturally produce fruit. So when you and I are abiding in Christ, when we're planted in Christ, when we're connected to the vine, we will naturally produce fruit. And so the, the natural part of it is that a part of abi abiding in Christ is just listening to him throughout the day. Uh, opening up the word of God and allowing it to speak to you, just being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the natural overflow of that kind of life will be fruitful. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then in the scripture, we see all kinds of ways that we've been gifted to use our talents within the kingdom so that we can be fruitful, so that we can demonstrate what we believe by the way that we live. If we don't demonstrate what we believe by the way that we live, chances are we actually aren't saved or in the kingdom. If there's been no transformation, no sanctification, no real life change and fruitfulness, then we just need to ask ourselves, what has happened? A good tree, can't actually produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't actually produce good fruit. So a good tree will produce good fruit, a bad tree will produce bad fruit or no fruit. So where are we today as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ? Some of us have been like brand new in the faith, others have been doing this for decades and decades and decades and we're always called to be fruitful as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your, your life will change and your fruit will look different, but you are always called to be fruitful. I was talking with this gal, Granny, Frida Maroney. Uh, Frida, uh, when we planted the church, we do these potlucks and she would make spam cobbler. Have you ever had spam cobbler? You haven't missed anything. So Frida grew up and was super poor during the depression and she... She loved her spam cobbler. So for every potluck, she'd bring spam cobbler. And so poor Frida got, she just kept getting older and older and older. And she's like, why isn't the Lord taking me home? And so she got put into a home and I'd go visit Frida. And she would ask me that question. Why is the Lord not letting me go home? And I say, it's because you still have work to do. God has given you life 
so that you can pray for people, so that you can love people in this home that you are in. But, so don't waste, don't miss out on what you are here to do, but pray for your family, pray for your loved ones, and pray for this, the nursing staff here at this hospital. And when the Lord's ready, he will come take you home. And then after years, I, I can't remember how old she was, but she was like in her 90s and just, uh, she was, and then finally she passed and we were able to celebrate her life. So part of the beauty of being a believer in Christ is that we die and then we get to celebrate what God has done in that person's life. And we, the Bible says we don't grieve like those without hope, but we have a sense of appreciation for this life and for what is waiting for us on the other side. You are created in Christ Jesus for good works. You're created to serve God and others. What does that mean to you guys? I'm just going to open it up a little bit here. What does it mean that you're created to serve God and others? And then with the refreshing of this information, maybe the first time you're hearing it, what is it going to do to change your life? Who wants to go first? I can call on you. I can. Who should I call on? You guys are scared to death right now, aren't you? All right, in the back. <laughs> Speak loud so we can hear you. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, someone said in first service um, that if you can get through your day and not only think about yourself, but think about others and how you might serve and bless others, that, that's just an amazing way to be fruitful. Just be mindful of others' needs and be thoughtful of others' needs and be prayerful about others' needs and watch what God will do. Mikey. Ah, serving is another way of dying to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, prayer is not an undervalued way to serve people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's powerful when we can pray for people. I'm driving down the road sometimes and I'll feel like the Lord put it on my heart to pray for someone. And I just pray. I pray for their whole clan. I pray for the, everybody they touch would get saved. I just, I just believe for great things because I feel like if the Lord's called me to pray for them and then I'm going to pray for big stuff. Richard Harrison, what do you think? You want to talk or should I talk to Kathy? All right, Kathy, what do you think? What does that message mean to you? Yeah. Okay, so you have to be close to the Lord to know what direction he's going to take you. I love it. I love it. True. And I think that once he leads you, that he opens the door, like with us in counseling. You know, we, we've been doing this for over 20 years. Yeah. And we just said, Lord, you can stop us at any time. Uh, we don't advertise. Um, God just keeps bringing hurting people to us. So it's being available, it's caring, and it's giving them the Lord when you counsel them, just not advice. Ah, good, 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 good. So these guys did pastoral ministry for years. And then God moved them into marriage ministry. And so now they're ministering to couples who are in 
trouble and, uh, and, and others, but they're just doing a, a wonderful job giving people hope through Jesus Christ. So it, it can look in a thousand different ways. What is God calling you to do with that? Let's go ahead and stand up and we're going to invite the worship team forward. And uh, the next week we'll get to our last core value. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to worship you and to honor you with our words, our thoughts, and our deeds. And so, Lord, uh, awaken us to areas that we're maybe not even thinking of, uh, ways that we might be able to serve you, encourage, and serve and love people. So, Lord, you've called us to good work. Show us what that looks like in our personal lives. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship.
offering Make me whatever you want me to be I came here with nothing But all you have given me Jesus, bring new wine out of me Jesus, bring new wine out of me Lord, that is our prayer this morning that you'd fill us and that you'd use us even in a new way Thank you for your word this morning Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us and being here with us. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.